Hello and welcome back to Hanging with Mr. Douglas, who is me. And we are here together to instill a little bit of better thinking, which will trickle down into a little bit of better living for the next few moments from Mr. Douglas. Continuing on with The Power of the Subconscious Mind, written by Joseph Murphy. Chapter 4. Mental Healings in Ancient Times. Down through the ages, men of all nations have somehow instinctively believed that somewhere there resided a healing power which could restore to normal the functions and sensations of a person's body. They believed that the strange power could be invoked under certain conditions and that the alleviation of human suffering would follow. The history of all nations presents testimony in support of this belief. In the early history of the world, the power of secretly influencing people for good or evil, including the healing of the sick, was said to be possessed by the priests and holy men of all nations. Healing of the sick was supposed to be a power derived directly by them from God, and the procedures and processes of healing varied throughout the world. The healing processes took the form of supplications to God attended by various ceremonies such as the laying on of hands, incantations, the applications of amulets, talismans, rings, relics, and images. Just look at all those cool D&D characters, right? That cleric is there in a pinch. Wow, 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 I heal you for 20 points. For example, in the religions of antiquity, priests in the ancient temples gave drugs to the patient and practiced hypnotic suggestions prior to the patient's sleep, telling them that the gods would visit them in their sleep and heal them. Many healings followed. Obviously, all this was the work of potent suggestions to the subconscious mind. And with each word you listen to, narrated by me, Mr. Douglas, the more recognition of the potency of your own subconscious mind will come to the fore. There's my little suggestion. After the performance of certain mysterious rites, the devotees of Hecate, or Hecate, I wish I knew what the right pronunciation of H-E-C-A-T-E was because she's a really cool goddess. I just don't know how to say her name correctly with confidence. We're going to go with Hecate, and I'm sure some of you are going, no, that's wrong. <laughs> so, after the performance of certain mysterious rites, the devotees of Hecate would see the goddess during sleep, provided that before going to sleep they had prayed to her according to weird and fantastic instructions. They were told to mix lizards with resin, frankincense, and myrrh, and pound all this together in the open air under the crescent moon. Specific. Healings were reported in many cases following this grotesque procedure. It is obvious that these strange procedures as mentioned in the illustrations given favored suggestions and acceptance by the subconscious mind of these people by making a powerful appeal to their imagination. Actually, in all these healings, the subconscious mind of the subject was the healer. In all ages, unofficial healers have obtained remarkable results in cases where authorized medical skill has failed. This gives cause for thought. How do these healers in all parts of the world affect their cures? The answer to all these healings is due to the blind belief 
of the sick person which released the healing power resident in their subconscious mind. You are very potent, subconscious mind. Many of the remedies and methods employed were rather strange and fantastic. Yeah, crushing lizards in resin. Strange and fantastic. Which fired the imagination of the patients, causing an aroused emotional state. This state of mind facilitated the suggestion of health and was accepted both by the conscious and subconscious mind of the sick. This will be elaborated on further in the next chapter. Fascinating stuff gives a whole new idea to incantations and spells. Anyway, moving on. Biblical Accounts on the Use of the Subconscious Powers What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Mark 11.24 Note the difference in tenses. The inspired writer tells us to believe and accept as true the fact that our desire has already been accomplished and fulfilled, that it is already completed, and that its realization will follow as a thing in the future. The success of this technique depends on the confident conviction that the thought, the idea, the picture is already a fact in mind. In order for anything to have substance in the realm of mind, it must be thought of as actually existing there. Here in a few cryptic words is a concise and specific direction for making use of the creative power of thought by impressing upon the subconscious the particular thing which you desire. Your thought, idea, plan, or purpose is as real on its own plane as your hand or your heart. In following the biblical technique, you completely eliminate from your mind all consideration of conditions, circumstances, or anything which might imply adverse contingencies. You are planting a seed, a concept, in the mind, which, if you leave it undisturbed, will infallibly germinate into external fruition. The prime condition which Jesus insisted upon was faith. Over and over again you read in the Bible, according to your faith it is done unto you. If you plant certain types of seeds in the ground, you have faith they will grow after their kind. This is the way of seeds, and trusting the laws of growth and agriculture, you know that the seeds will come forth after their kind. Faith, as mentioned in the Bible, is a way of thinking, an attitude of mind, an inner certitude. Knowing that the idea you fully accept in your conscious mind will be embodied in your subconscious mind and made manifest. Faith is, in a sense, accepting as true what your reason and senses deny, i.e. a shutting out of the little rational analytical conscious mind and embracing an attitude of complete reliance on the inner power of your subconscious mind. And we'll get a little personal. The little mind in me continuously tells me, what are you doing? You need to make money in a conventional sense. You need to live a conventional life. Shut up and do that nine to five. And while there is absolute fantastical power, prowess, and magnificence in pursuit of that kind of career, which I can do nothing but look up to and think, wow, you are amazing for your ability and uh, constancy in practice of your own life. The little voice in me keeps telling me that that's what I need to do. Yet here I am with you 
desperately desiring to be a guide and informer of this kind of information, and to create a career, if you can call it that, of a kind of lamplight on the path, walking with you, or maybe just a little bit ahead, and pointing out all of the fascinating potentials that we already have within each and every one of us. All we have to do is shut out that little itty-bitty voice, whatever it may be saying to you, I know what it's saying to me, and to follow the heartbeat rhythm within you, to be that person putting their hand out and saying, come on, take it, and come with me, and let us, we both, experience beauty and majesty that come from within and express all around us, to live a life full of inner joy and to spread that around like a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich to anybody who's hungry. And I'm interested in what is it saying to you? What does your little itty-bitty voice keep shouting at you? And what does the other voice, that deep voice within you, what does it, just below a whisper, communicate to you? What does your inner you see while I'm holding up this lamplight? Right, okay, back to the book. And I'll just say it again. Faith is, in a sense, accepting as true what your reason and senses deny, i.e. a shutting out of the little, rational, analytical, conscious mind and embracing an attitude of complete reliance on the inner power of your subconscious mind. A classical instance of Bible technique is recorded in Matthew 9.28-30, quote, And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See, that no man know it. Unquote. In the words, According to your faith, be it done unto you, you can see that Jesus was actually appealing to the cooperation of the subconscious mind of the blind men. Their faith was their great expectancy, their inner feeling, their inner conviction that something miraculous would happen and that their prayer would be answered, and it was. This is the time-honored technique of healing, utilized alike by all healing groups throughout the world, regardless of religious affiliation. In the words, see that no man know it. And yeah, this tripped me up a little bit. I was, what, what, what do you mean, Jesus? Jesus enjoins the newly healed patients not to discuss their healing because they might be subjected to the skeptical and derogatory criticisms of the unbelieving. Ah, I got you, Jesus. This might tend to undo the benefits they had received at the hand of Jesus by depositing thoughts of fear, doubt, and anxiety in the subconscious mind. Quote, For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they came out. Unquote. Luke 4.36 When the sick came to Jesus to be healed, they were healed by their faith together with his faith and understanding of the healing power of the subconscious mind. Whatever he decreed, he felt inwardly to be true. He and the people needing help 
were in the one universal subjective mind, and his silent inner knowing and conviction of the healing power changed the negative destructive patterns in the patient's subconscious. The resultant healings were the automatic response to the internal mental change. His command was his appeal to the subconscious mind of the patients, plus his awareness, feeling, and absolute trust in the response of the subconscious mind to the words which he spoke with authority. Miracles at Various Shrines Throughout the World It is an established fact that cures have taken place at various shrines throughout the world, such as in Japan, India, Europe, and America. I have visited several of the famous shrines in Japan. At the world-famous shrine called Diabutsu is a gigantic divinity of bronze where Buddha is seated with folded hands and the head is inclined in an attitude of profound contemplative ecstasy. That sounds like a lot of fun to go and view. It is 42 feet in height and is called the Great Buddha. Here I saw young and old making offerings at its feet. Money, fruit, rice, and oranges were offered, which are also a fruit, so. Candles were lit, incense was burned, and prayers of petition recited. The guide explained the chant of a young girl as she murmured a prayer, bowed low, and placed two oranges as an offering. She also lit a candle. He said she had lost her voice, and it was restored at the shrine. She was thanking Buddha for restoring her voice. She had the simple faith that Buddha would give her back her singing voice if she followed a certain ritual, fasted, and made certain offerings. All this helped to kindle faith and expectancy, resulting in a conditioning of her mind to the point of belief. Her subconscious mind responded to her belief. To illustrate further the power of imagination and blind belief, I will relate the case of a relative of mine who had tuberculosis. Or as they call it in the Western movies, consumption. His lungs were badly diseased. His son decided to heal his father. He came home to Perth, Western Australia, where his father lived, and said to him that he had met a monk who had returned from one of the healing shrines in Europe. The monk sold him a piece of the true cross. He said that he gave the monk the equivalent of $500 US for it. This young man had actually picked up a splinter of wood from the sidewalk, went to the jewelers and had set it in a ring so that it looked real. He told his father that many were healed just by touching the ring or the cross. He inflamed and fired his father's imagination to the point that the old gentleman snatched the ring from him, placed it over his chest, prayed silently, and went to sleep. In the morning, he was healed. All the clinic's tests proved negative. You know, of course, it was not the splinter of wood from the sidewalk that healed him. It was his imagination aroused to an intense degree, plus the confident expectancy of a perfect healing. Imagination was joined to faith, or subjective feeling, and the union of the two brought about a healing. The father never learned of the trick that had been played upon him. If he had, he probably would have had a relapse. He remained completely cured and passed away 15 years later at the age of 89. One Universal Healing Principle it is a well-known fact that all of the various schools of healing affect cures of the most wonderful character. 
The most obvious conclusion which strikes your mind is that there must be some underlying principle which is common to them all, namely, the subconscious mind, and the one process of healing is faith. It will now be in order to recall to your mind once more the following fundamental truths. First, that you possess mental functions which have distinguished by designating one the conscious mind and the other the subconscious mind. Secondly, your subconscious mind is constantly amenable to the power of suggestion. Furthermore, your subconscious mind has complete control of the functions, conditions, and sensations of your body. I venture to believe that all the readers of this book, or listeners of this podcast, are familiar with the fact that symptoms of almost any disease can be induced in hypnotic subjects by suggestion. For example, a subject in the hypnotic state can develop a high temperature, a flushed face, or chills, according to the nature of the suggestion given. By experiment, you can suggest to the person that they are paralyzed and cannot walk. It will be so. By illustration, you can hold a cup of cold water under the nose of the hypnotic subject and tell them, this is full of pepper, smell it, and they will proceed to sneeze. What do you think caused them to sneeze, the water or the suggestion? If a man says he's allergic to Timothy grass, not George or hairy grass, but Timothy grass gives me trouble, you can place a synthetic flower or an empty glass in front of their nose when he is in a hypnotic state and tell him it is Timothy grass, he will portray the usual allergic symptoms. This indicates that the cause of the disease is in the mind. The healing of the disease can also take place mentally. Pause, because I have my own little interesting experience of suggestion. Uh, growing up, had cats you know, wonderful creatures, but liked to poop wherever the hell they wanted to, uh, especially when they were emotional, like, you know, if we were gone for a couple of days. So anyway, uh, my dad knew that my cats liked to, you know, poop where they may. Every day, my dad would come downstairs, wake us up for school. April Fool's Day rolled around, and of course, I wasn't paying attention to the day it was. Dad comes into the room, wakes us up. Hey, Doug, it's time to, oh, wait, don't, don't move. Oh, do you smell that? Oh, no. It looks like Oliver, my cat, pooped really close to your face. Don't move. It's going to roll into your mouth. Don't move. Ooh, it smells. Do you smell that? The first thing I did was go, oh, gross. I can smell it. It smells awful, Dad. Get it off. Get it away from my face. Oh, where is it? I can feel it. It's rolling around on the blanket. And he just started cracking up hard. Like, and it's rare to see my dad crack up that hard. You know, he's easy to laugh for the most part, but boy, he was just having the time of his life. I didn't know it was so funny because I could smell the poop and feel the, the turd roll. It's, 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 you know, it's weird, bouldery shape roll around on the blanket close to my shoulder and cheek. And he was cracking and cracking up, laughing hard. And he goes, ah, April Fool's. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the moment he had said April Fool's, it, it, you know, I, I, I went, what? And it all disappeared, and the suggestion was broken. But I, I swear, and will always to this day say, when he told me that there was a piece of poop rolling around on the blanket close to my face, I smelled it, I could feel it, it was disgusting, but it wasn't there. But it was to my mind. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. You know, great addition to the story. <laughs>
Okay. You realize that remarkable healings take place through osteopathy, chiropractic medicine, and naturopathy, as well as through all various religious bodies throughout the world, but it is obvious that all of these healings are brought about through the subconscious mind, the only healer there is. Another great book on this very subject is Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, and he continuously quotes, he was a plastic surgeon turned dude who wanted to talk about this for the rest of his life. It's a great book, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics, can't recommend it enough. We'll probably do a book review. But he quotes all of the time, uh, uh, apparently, um, a quote that is passed around through medical communities, the doctor sets the wound, God heals it. And I'm, that's a paraphrase, but interesting. Anyway, notice how it heals a cut on your face caused by shaving, or on your leg, or on your chest, back hair, shoulders, really all over for me. It knows exactly how to do it. The doctor dresses the wound and says, nature heals it. I swear, okay, all right, I swear that I did not see that as I was uh, doing the Maxwell Maltz quote. But that's it right there. The doctor dresses the wound. Nature heals it. Nature refers to natural law, the law of the subconscious mind, or self-preservation, which is the function of the subconscious mind. The instinct of self-preservation is the first law of nature. Your strongest instinct is the most potent of all autosuggestions. Second is the instinct of recognizing whether or not there is cat poop rolling around your bed. Widely different theories. It would be tedious and unprofitable to discuss to any great extent the numerous theories advanced by different religious sects and prayer therapy groups. There are a great number who claim that because their theory produces results, it is therefore the correct one. This, as explained in this chapter, cannot be true. You are aware that there are all types of healing. Franz Anton Mesmer, an Austrian physician, lived from 1734 to 1815, who practiced in Paris, discovered that by applying magnets to the diseased body, he could cure that disease miraculously. He also performed cures with various other pieces of glass and metals. He discontinued this form of healing and claimed that his cures were due to animal magnetism theorizing that this substance was projected from the healer to the patient. His method of treating disease from then on was by hypnotism, which was called mesmerism in his day. It's a great last name, Mesmer. Other physicians said that all his healings were due to suggestions and nothing else. All of these groups, such as psychiatrists, psychologists, osteopaths, chiropractors, physicians, and all the churches are using this one universal power resident in the subconscious mind. Each may proclaim the healings are due to their theory. The process of all healing is a definite positive mental attitude, an inner attitude or a way of thinking called faith. Healing is due to a confident expectancy which acts as a powerful suggestion to the subconscious mind, releasing its healing potency. One man does not heal by a different power than another. It is true, he may have his own theory or method. There is only one heal big power, namely, your subconscious mind. Select the theory and method you prefer. You can rest assured, if you have faith, you shall get results. Views of Paracelsus Philippus Paracelsus, a famous Swiss alchemist and physician, 
who lived from 1493 to 1541, was a great healer in his day. He stated what is now an obvious scientific fact when he uttered these words, quote, Whether the object of your faith be real or false, you will nevertheless obtain the same effects. Thus, if I believed in St. Peter's statue as I should have believed in St. Peter himself, I shall obtain the same effects that I should have obtained from St. Peter. But that is superstition. Faith, however, produces miracles. And whether it is true or false faith, it will always produce the same wonders." Unquote. The views of Paracelsus were also entertained in the 16th century by Pietro Pomponazzi. There is also a great last name. Pietro Pomponazzi, an Italian philosopher and contemporary of Paracelsus, who said, quote, We can easily conceive the marvelous effects which confidence and imagination cannot produce, particularly with both the qualities are reciprocated between the subjects and the person who influences them. The cures attributed to the influence of a certain relics are the effect of their imagination and the confidence. Coax and the philosophers know that if the bones of any skeleton were put in a place of a saint's bones, the sick would have nonetheless experienced the beneficial effects, if they believed that they were a veritable relics. Unquote. Then if you believe in the bones of saints to heal, or if you believe in the healing power of certain waters, you will get results because of the powerful suggestion given to your subconscious mind. It is the latter that does the healing. Bernheim's Experiments And just another really cool historical name, Hippolyte Bernheim. Was it Hippolyte? H-I-P-P-O-L-Y-T-E? We're going to go Hippolyte. Hippolyte Bernheim, professor of medicine at Nancy, France, 1910-1919, was the expounder of the fact that the suggestion of the physician to the patient was exerted through the subconscious mind. Bernheim, in his Suggestive Therapeutics, page 197, tells a story of a man with paralysis of the tongue, which had yielded to no form of treatment. His doctor told the patient that he had a new instrument which he promised to heal him. He introduced a pocket thermometer into the patient's mouth. The patient imagined it to be the instrument which was to save him. In a few moments, he cried out joyfully that he could once more move his tongue freely. Among our cases, continues Bernheim, quote, facts of this same sort will be found. A young girl came into my office, having suffered from complete loss of speech for nearly four weeks. After making sure of the diagnosis, I told my students that the loss of speech sometimes yielded instantly to electricity, which might act simply by its suggestive influence. I sent for the induction apparatus, I applied my hand over the larynx and moved a little and said, Now, you can speak aloud. In an instant, I made her say A, then B, then Maria. She continued to speak distinctly. The loss of voice had disappeared. Unquote. Here, Bernheim is showing the power of faith and expectancy on the part of the patient which acts as a powerful suggestion to the subconscious mind producing a blister by suggestion. Bernheim states that he produced a blister on the back of a patient's neck by applying a postage stamp and suggesting to the patient that it was a fly plaster. Fly plaster. This had been, con I don't know what a fly plaster is. I'm gonna go look it up, hold on. Okay, 
related to blister plaster. Huh. Hydrocolloid dressing, a plaster designed to raise a blister, usually made of Spanish flies. See also blister. It's a fly plaster meaning search. Okay. And knowing is half the battle. He said he produced a blister on the back of a patient's neck by applying a postage stamp. Uh, and suggesting to the patient that it was fly plaster. Okay. This had been confirmed by the experiments and experiences of many doctors in many parts of the world, which leave no doubt that structural changes are a possible result of oral suggestions to patients. Cool. The Cause of Bloody Stigmata In Hudson's Law of Psychic Phenomena, page 153, he states, Hemorrhages and bloody stigmata may be induced in certain subjects by means of suggestion. Quote, Dr. M. Baru, B-O-U-R-R-U, put a subject into a somnambulistic condition and gave him the following suggestion. At four o'clock this afternoon after the hypnosis, you will come into my office, sit down in the armchair, cross your arms upon your breast, and your nose will begin to bleed. At the hour appointed, the young man did as directed. Several drops of blood came from the left nostril. Whoa, that's crazy. Or should I say, whoa, that's your subconscious mind. On another occasion, the same investigator traced the patient's name on both of his forearms with the dull point of an instrument. Then, when the patient was in the somnambulistic condition, he said, at four o'clock this afternoon, you will go into sleep, and your arms will bleed along the lines which I have traced, and your name will appear written on your arms in letters of blood. He was watched at four o'clock and seen to fall asleep. On the left arm, the letters stood out in bright relief, and in several places, there were drops of blood. The letters were still visible three months afterward, although they had gradually grown faint. Unquote. These facts demonstrate at once the correctness of the two fundamental propositions previously stated, namely the constant amenability of the subconscious mind to the power of suggestion and the perfect control which the subconscious mind exercises over the functions, sensations, and conditions of the body. All the foregoing phenomena dramatize visually abnormal conditions induced by suggestion. Yeah, I mean, that's some, uh, that's some, any, any Harry Potter fans, that's some umbrage action going on right there. <laughs> and they are conclusive proof that as a man thinketh in his heart, subconscious mind, so is he. Healing points in review. 1. Remind yourself frequently that the healing power is in your own subconscious mind. 2. Know that faith is like a seed planted in the ground. It grows after its kind. Plant the idea, seed, in your mind. Water and fertilize it with expectancy, and it will manifest. 3. The idea you have for a book, a new invention, or play, or in my case, podcast, is real in your mind. This is why you can believe you have it now. Believe in the reality of your idea, plan, or invention. And as you do, it will become manifest. 4. In praying for another, know that your silent inner knowing of wholeness, beauty, and perfection can change the negative patterns of the other's subconscious mind and bring about wonderful results. 5. The miraculous healings you hear about at various shrines are due to imagination and blind faith, which act on the subconscious mind, releasing 
the healing power. 6. All disease originates in the mind. Nothing appears on the body unless there is a mental pattern corresponding to it. I am not a doctor. 7. The symptoms of almost any disease can be induced in you by hypnotic suggestion. This shows you the power of your thought. 8. There is only one process of healing, and that is faith. There is only one healing power, namely, your subconscious mind. 9. Whether the object of your faith is real or false, you will get results. Your subconscious mind responds to the thoughts in your mind. Look upon faith as a thought in your mind, and that will suffice. And it looks like that'll do it for Chapter 4, everybody. Thanks for hanging tight with Mr. Douglas, who is me. Keep listening, keep planting those beautiful seeds, and if you like, keep allowing me to hold the lantern light above us all to see just a little bit further into the possibilities of beautiful, wonderful, happy lives, full of beautiful, wonderful, happy surprises amidst a wild time that we are all experiencing. I'm sending you happy vibes and vibes of happy discovery of the power and potency of your subconscious mind and that we are all, each of us individually, doing the best we can to listen to that big voice within us all and keeping that little voice alive but in its, you know, proper place. And know that if you ever need a little reminder, Mr. Douglas is here for you. Thank you for hanging with Mr. Douglas. More to come soon. <laughs>